Hello and welcome to P-Tech Panther Podcast. I'm your host for today, Ms. Pazant, and joining me today is Ms. Musa. Ms. Musa, say hello. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to be here. And I'm so glad you're here to have this discussion. For those of you who don't know, April is Autism Awareness Month. And so I always like to highlight Autism Awareness Month because I think there is so much that people don't know, especially our young people. So I asked Ms. Musa here today to just talk a little bit about um, her experience working with children who had autism. They were younger children. So what can you tell us about that experience? Well, I had the opportunity to work with autistic children in a preschool program. Um, I can tell you that teachers should avoid any type of sensory overload with these students. Um, You want to use a lot of visual with the students. Um, You want to give simple directions and actually show the directions, model for the students. Um, A lot of them were actually nonverbal students. And so there was a lot of um, visual cues that we had to give the students. Um, Sometimes they would get frustrated and autistic students stim, it's called stimming, and where they repeat a certain behavior. Um, When that happens, uh, the teacher should be able to give them some time to relax. And we would provide them with these like squishy balls that they would use to um, squeeze and, you know, until they're relaxed again. And then you could also change the activity or the learning that was happening at that point and just be very understanding with them. Um, overall, it was a awesome experience. Well, that's good. And I also have uh, Mr. Doerr joining uh, me today. He has also had experience um, teaching uh, children with autism. And I think they were older. Is that correct, Mr. Doerr? Right. I did 11 through high school age. Okay. What is uh, what are some things that um, it's very good for teachers to know who are working with students with autism, especially the older ones? Well, to understand that uh, oftentimes the physical understanding is much quicker for them than the, I would say, verbal or when you read understanding. They are much more hands-on. They work better with that. And I, I heard stimming was mentioned. Oftentimes that's a reaction to anxiety or pressure being put on them. And it's, it's their release. And it's a, as long as it's not interrupted, it's always good to allow that to happen because it gives them the vent. But something to always remember with kids, especially in a, in a regular school setting, that's not a special school. Mm-hmm. Socially, they don't gain anything from social, cue, social cues. They just don't get it. Um, they're some of the most good-hearted children you ever work with because there is no meanness to them but they don't respond, like uh, they won't get a joke. Uh, sarcasm is completely lost on them. So any, any of that dry humor, nothing. They don't have it. What entertains them, other people will not find funny. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult for them in a social setting. And oftentimes they, they become very withdrawn in a public school setting because of that. They, no one laughs at their jokes because no one gets their jokes. When other people are laughing, they don't understand why they're laughing. So so it's very difficult for them. And and, um, we need to be conscious when we have children with autism in the classroom to include them because they are there. They're they're very well aware of themselves. It's the outside of the self that they have difficulty with. 
Right. That's, I'm so glad you both mentioned stemming because I had a student who asked me once during class, we were preparing for a, a public speaking assignment. You know, he had to make a speech. And I was talking about, you know, certain things to look out for, practice in the mirror. You know, you might shake your leg. You might, you know, twiddle your thumbs or whatever. And a student asked me, well, what about stemming? Do you take points off for stemming? And I just thought that was an interesting question. And then going back to what you said about it's something that's involuntary, like it's, it deals with anxiety. For a, for a student who, that has an issue with stemming, public speaking causes anxiety. I guess he wanted to know, would points be taken off? Right. And I thought that was such a great question. Well, that's an excellent amount of self-awareness. That's above and beyond what you would expect mm-hmm. most children with autism to, to know about themselves. That's obviously an extremely high-functioning child um, who has been through it and has gone through the training. And right. I think it's so important for teachers to educate themselves about working with students with autism. When I first started teaching, no one told me anything about it. I, I did not know until I had a student that was um, going to... You know how they have inclusion? She was going to be in the class. And I really did not, I was not made aware of things to look for. And so I think that for any new teacher, especially if you're in a new situation, do some research on autism before you even get in the classroom because you don't know if you're going to have to have a student, you know, that is in an inclusive situation and you want to make them feel as comfortable as possible. You know, the student that I had, I remember to this day, one thing I learned quickly was that she did not like working in groups. But had I done some research before that, I might have been able to figure that out as opposed to making her uncomfortable and then finding out that she did not like working in groups. So I just think it's very important to educate ourselves. And in terms of the students in the classroom that are going to be in an inclusive situation Do you think that it's important to prepare them for the student who is coming so that they don't ostracize or tease or anything like that? Either one of you could respond. Yeah, I mean, preparation with the class, if it's a new student, is important. Just to let them know what to expect, how to respond, um, and what is acceptable from your view as a teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, Setting out the rules for the kids right away could alleviate a lot of that. It's something to note that in the past 15 years, the inclusiveness of children with autism in the classroom has skyrocketed. Um, No more do they send them off to special schools, which is where I started out, to be isolated with just those that have autism. Now we are including them more and more. We recognize that um, a vast majority of them are very high functioning. Mm -hmm. So we can include them into the classrooms. A lot of them are not even followed. So they don't have a special ed teacher there to assist them. They're, they're within. We have we have quite a few students in our building right now that are on the spectrum. Really? And most of them you don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So for how would you respond to that as far as preparing students, the ones that were younger? The ones that were younger, honestly, that was my first experience working with autistic children. So it was more learning on the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did some research on my own. And one positive thing was there was a ton of um, equipment, specialized um, like blocks, a lot of visuals. They had specialized gym equipment. There was swings in the, um, like the I want to say courtyard, but it was indoors. Um, and just um, whenever the students needed a break, we could move them to another activity. Um, and preparation is definitely the key. Um, there are some, I completely agree with the inclusive model. 
Um, I think there are certain behaviors that are just, um, I don't know if acceptable is the right word, but, you know, we're... Not too distracting. Right. Not too distracting. And as a teacher, you know, we should be aware of these behaviors. So if it comes to the point where it's distracting, then it would need to be addressed. But I'm for the inclusive model. Yeah, I think this is so um, important to note about students with autism and people on the spectrum, because I think... um, there's just so much that people don't know. Right. So I'm glad that we here at uh, P-Tech Panther Podcast are able to enlighten people and just educate them a little bit in terms of what it means to be autistic and what it means to have autism. And so I just thank you both for joining me today. So um, the takeaway, I would usually leave people with something to think about. And for me, I would just say for new teachers, you know, do some research before you get in the classroom, even if you don't think you'll be in a classroom or a situation where you will have to work with an autistic student you don't know. You know, things change all the time. Assignments change all the time. So at least if you do a little bit of research and get some knowledge in your background, you might be able to recognize things when you see them, even if you're not told about them. And um, for parents, just keep doing what you're doing. I know it can sometimes be challenging uh, raising children with autism, but We appreciate everything that you do, and we will continue to do what we need to do as well. Would you like to add anything to the takeaway, Ms. Adore or Ms. Musa? I'd say families hang in there. Keep keep working it. I know I'm a big proponent of ABA, Applied Behavioral Analysis, and that is what will get you to the end game, which is independence for the child. That's right, and early detection. Early Early detection. detection. Mm -hmm. I think for me the takeaway would be... um, that the Panther family's here. Um, If you need any assistance or you wanna talk to any of the staff members here, um, we're always ready to assist if we have to do further research or reach out to other resources to help the child or the family, we're here for you. And that's it, thank you so much. Well, that's all folks, until we come back to our next chat, be Panther proud and stay safe. All right, bye-bye.